Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hola, mi gente. This is Ish. And this is DJ. And this is... Pero, Pero let, let me, me tell, tell you. you. Dale. Quarter pounder. It's the quarter pounder patty. They don't use the same patty. It's what Burger Beast told us. Okay, well, I'm hungry. (laughs) And we're recording. Oh, well, there we are. (laughs) (laughs) Bienvenidos. Episode 26. How is everybody today? Happy Friday. Happy Friday indeed. It's actually, I'm a little excited because it's the start of my birthday weekend. That's going to be exhausting. I know I'm already tired, but I'm going to be so much... It's going to be a happy exhaustion. Are you going to be like uh, Paris Hilton that had a uh, 21st birthday, birthday party and like... Well, I don't have her funds. <laughs> well, you know what we could totally do? Like when you turn 40 next year, we could go have birthday parties around the world at Epcot. We should have for your birthday, which is this year. In Mexico. Norway. In Norway. Um, in Tokyo. Canada. Canada. I want to go to that Canadian restaurant. Anyway, <laughs> bueno, welcome to episode 26. How is everybody? Welcome, everybody. Hope you're all doing great on your TGIF. Uh, or well, on this Biddle Friday, actually. We're, damn it. We, Friday. we coined a phrase. We're going to we use it. We coined a phrase. Biddle <laughs> Friday. So anyway, Biddle, what's going on? Dime. No, no, Aki. We're actually looking forward to sharing our interview um, with, with our listeners, with Elena Maria Garcia. She is the star of Fuacata, a Latina's Guide to Surviving the Universe. And, and isn't Fuacata the greatest word ever? I mean, seriously. You know what? It's the best word ever. I mean, honestly, I think if it wasn't part of her play, we should have used it for our podcast title. <laughs> Pero Fuacata. Pero Fuacata. Because I, I feel like that's how we deliver things sometimes. <laughs> You know, it's so funny that if you don't put the accent in Fuacata, it's Fukata. No, there's it. It's F U A. No, if you don't have the accent, it's still Fua, F U A C A T A. I don't know. I just saw Fuacata. 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 It's a totally different word. It sounds almost Swahili. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, um, we have a really fun interview, as Ish said, with Elena Maria Garcia. Yes. She, I mean, she really is a one-woman show, just yeah. even when she sat down to talk to yeah. us. As we record this, we're going to actually go see the show tomorrow. Yes. Actually, today is opening day that we're recording this on, so, uh, so you guys will also have a chance to see her perform, and we get into that a little bit more. We're super excited, but um, if you are local here in Miami or in South Florida, make sure you check out Fakata, the Adrian Arch Center. It's running August 1st through the 19th. Yes, sir. So for about a little bit over two weeks, and it's it's going to be hilarious. Yeah. She's really, really talented. So, ¿de qué vamos a hablar hoy? Dime. De las mariposas. You know. Ay, mariposas. Butterflies last only like a week. That's it? Yeah, it's a very short amount of time. It's Aww, such a then I'm glad sh- I didn't kill the little worm that was on my shoe the other day. It's such a shame. Like, especially Aww. the monarch b- butterfly. It's the one that lives, like, the least. Wow. And that's, you know, the monarch b- butterfly right, right, right. is, like, the biggest and yeah, the most yeah. beautiful. It's like, all that work for nothing. And yet, ironically, Mariah's career has flourished for years. Um, I love the Mariah. See how I tied that back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, somebody whose career may not be flourishing that that long is the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Know, yeah, don't know if you heard. Had a little bit of a run-in. Um, basically, what happened is Disney has decided to fire him, essentially, mm-hmm. after helming the first two episodes, or the first two uh, films in the series, because of some tweets that I believe are from about 2008. They were inappropriate. They were about pedophilia, and I think they were rape jokes. And they were, look, admittedly, they were tasteless. But the thing is that this was years and years and years ago. It had already been brought to light. He'd already apologized for it. And... You know, Disney essentially knew about it. This isn't something new, but it's been brought to light again. Um, this time by the guy who, <laughs> the guy who's behind PizzaGate, which doesn't sound. El loco ese. It's not as fun as it sounds. Um, I know, for, right? <laughs> like I would totally want to be part of PizzaGate if it yeah. wasn't, you know, the implication that it was, you know, charging underground sex underground sex child sex, sex crime trafficking. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if we bar that, it sounds like a great thing to be part of. Um, so he's the one who's now claiming that James Gunn is part of like a pedophile ring and and all this, that, and the other. And so he's been taken off Disney, obviously being Disney, you know, doesn't want to sit on the sidelines. But the interesting thing is that the cast and crew, specifically the stars of Guardians of the Galaxy, have actually released an open letter. And I want to read a little part of it, of the letter that they wrote. It says, there is little due process in the court of public opinion. James is likely not the last good person to be put on trial. Given the growing political divide in this country, it's safe to say instances like this will continue, although we hope Americans from across the political spectrum can ease up on the character assassinations and stop weaponizing mob mentality. I love that statement because I feel like it encapsulates... Well, it encapsulates things that you and I have talked about so many times on this show, which is, doesn't matter... If it's just inappropriate, outright wrong, if we disagree with you, it's all of a sudden, you know, oh, you've been accused of X. Boom, that's it. Your career's over. We're done with you. You're right. you're, you're automatically guilty. There's no due process. There's no due process. And, I mean, at the risk of bringing your legality into it. Uh, <laughs> we would have to take a shot. Like an episode <laughs> no, 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 no. No more so shots. So let me ask you a few questions because I have heard that this happened, but I don't know too many specifics. Mm-hmm. So these were – were these jokes – were these obviously jokes the thing in is, 2008, 2009? So James Gunn's background is actually in comedies. Before That's one of the reasons he got the gig with Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Because if you notice, those movies are a little funnier. They're right. funnier Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. So his background is in comedy, comedic. I think he did a couple. I don't know them offhand. So listeners, feel free to chime in. I know people are probably yelling at their radio right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
he did like you know little raunchier comedies and things like that. Okay. So the things that he was posting. So he has a history of being provocative. Well, I don't know about provocative, but let's say the intention. Okay. Was to be funny. Okay, so whether was, you subscribe to his humor or not. Okay, so it was a joke. Correct. That's a really hard one. Um, I certainly don't. Okay, the whole mom mentality situation now that we have with social media is that's a new social ill yeah. that we have. Uh, as you said, and as he said in that statement, it's you say something we don't like and. Off with your head. Yeah, exactly. There's no exactly. explanation. It, it doesn't matter for you to explain. People jump to conclusions. And, and he's apologized. And he's apologized. And, 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 and you know, then, said he's not the same person he was back then, etc. So then, you know, when I see these things happen, I always think, then what's the point of apologizing? Right. You know, if you are a celebrity or a public figure, que me dio la pata, as and we said all do, as we all do, um, then what's the point of having a heartfelt apology and really you know feeling bad for what you did and feeling well, remorse okay but we're gonna separate because i know what you're trying to say but it's not to say that you shouldn't apologize for the sake of an apology no you, you should know, apologize you should if apologize. you want to apologize no, 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 but, but i don't apologize. but i don't want our listeners to think that what you're saying is like oh well don't even apologize it's like no you should apologize well, because no. that's if you well, if you feel it if you're doing it for a genuine reason well i mean but then what's the point if, right, that's the point. If you really are remorseful, right, exactly, exactly. I mean, obviously, part of the problem here is that, well, there's a lot of problems here. You're talking <laughs> about pedophilia, which Correct. pedophilia is one of those things that I just don't, I don't find that there's ever a reason why that should be a joke and a laughing mm -hmm. matter. Period. I know a lot of people may find, you know, jokes about that. I, I don't subscribe mm -hmm. to right, that type right, of right. humor. So if I would have read his tweets, I would have been like, what the hell are you thinking? I, I don't subscribe to or that. Or you would have just said, that's just not funny. It's just and not moved funny. On with your it's life. in really bad taste. The problem here, I mean, this is a slippery slope. Because, right. I mean, obviously, you're, you're talking about the jokes that are are extreme in nature but the problem is that this opens a floodgates issue or it's a slippery mm -hmm. slope you know where does this stop you know if if we're gonna go back on people's social media from 10 years ago whether it's jokes that they made or statements that they made or pictures that they posted and judge them now for what they did 10 years ago where does that stop? Right. And that is my concern because today, yes, today it could be an issue with a really, really distasteful joke about, you know, pedophilia, which Correct. again, there's, I don't think that's a joking matter in any way, but what about if 10 years ago, you know, you made a political comment about you know whatever. whatever candidate or whatever issue 10 years ago and maybe you've evolved or maybe you don't have the same opinion or maybe you do well, but there you are know. people there are people nowadays who feel differently about something as simple as you know gay marriage right than did like 20 25 years it's, ago it, actually and, i'm really glad you put that up and you, so you, what you, you, so now if somebody again 25 30 years ago we didn't have social media but if somebody you know had uncovered an article that they wrote mm. and they are saying no i guess i absolutely wrote that and that's what i felt at the time right but i have since You've I've evolved. Got, I've got gay friends. I understand. You've I've evolved. Had whatever. You've evolved. Oh, we all evolved. Well, no, your evolution doesn't count anymore. Right. Right. We all evolved. <laughs> we we all think things 
now that in all 10 the years from now you we're gonna think differently i mean that's part that's, of the human that, process ideally you should grow as a human being absolutely so it, it's a very very difficult one let me ask you this though and i'm gonna throw it at you Ooh. count it counter it okay do you think that abc's firing of him because again you stated that they knew about this i mean it had come to light. I'm saying previously. they knew. Right, right, exactly. exactly. It had previously yeah. come to light yeah. before. This isn't he the first time he's, he's been called up to before the carpet. he was hired as the director mm-hmm. of Guardians of the Galaxy. So it wasn't like this secret right. that he right. had right. these, per, you know, provocative these statements. You right. know, these statements, these jokes, and really bad taste. Do you think this has anything to do with the firing of Roseanne? Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Because, because they fired Roseanne I, I, for statements I, I do that she forget, made on social media. I do and forget that ABC, Disney, ABC, it's, the same it's, it's all the same company. So if right. they were not going to fire him, then people are going to go out mm-hmm. and say, wait a minute, you fired Roseanne for, okay, a, but here's the for a joke gone bad, so allegedly, like, you know, right, right, Roseanne, right, right, right. that's what Roseanne says, versus, you know, this guy's jokes about pedophilia about i don't know about is... you but racism and ped- pedophilia not joking matters not joking matters <laughs> but okay so i think there may be something to that and i hadn't honestly nearly up in i hadn't thought about it at all but i will say this i believe that on some level racist speech does obviously i believe falls under hate speech mm-hmm. no 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 no. Uh, okay, it, maybe it's okay. closer to it no. than pedophilia. In the no. court of public opinion, no, no. Let me let me finish. In the court of public opinion, racism—it's—it's it's something that's easier to point to and just be like, "You're being racist," and it's something that we bring people to task I more often don't know. than to joke about pedophilia. pedophilia. I don't know. Unless they were, I unless just, maybe he was. Ex- if he was explicitly joking about pedophilia with regard to one person. I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm making no, any, no. any I type mean, of sense. Hate speech is not something that's covered by the First Amendment, but this is not a First Amendment issue. Okay. And the statements that Roseanne made don't qualify okay. hate okay. speech. I, I think that... But there's a degree, the, the, okay, but the there's a degree of tree behind the, it, and I think well, that's the implication. I think is, that what, what you're saying in terms of you know racist comments... It's just that those are comments that are more common. So we hear about people metiendo mm-hmm. la pata and screwing up and right. saying inappropriate things more when they're racially related versus pedophilia. I mean, pedophilia is generally not something a lot of people comment on or comment as much as race-based jokes or true, comments. True. Or so I think we I just... I also think in the case here. of Roseanne, she was making it about one person. Well, and it's current. No, no, but it's in general. Like, she was calling out... I forget the woman's name now, Valerie. Right. Whatever. Whereas he was making a just general blanket No, uh, how joke. I would distinguish the two... How I would dis- distinguish the two is, is that... It's so hard to talk about when I'm hungry. <laughs> is that Roseanne's comments were current. It's something that she said now. Because absent the comments that she made now... She's also done some... You can yeah. make the same argument about her... As with him, they hired two people who had past. a past of making controversial statements. Because Roseanne, I mean, if you were outraged by the comments she made now, I mean, do you remember when she did that whole photo shoot? As Hitler dressed up the, as a Nazi yeah. eating cookies? cookies? Jewish cookies. Jewish yeah, cookies. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I mean, which she's Jewish, which is 
I, I don't that's understand all, we don't it. I don't get it. That's but, case. You know, and she has made many provocative right. statements throughout the, the year. So when Disney or ABC signed her or mm -hmm. re-signed her, they knew sí. that trajectory. Ellos sabían la cajita sorpresa que le... Right. Yeah. So, I, you know, again, the difference with her and him now is that the comments that she made about Valerie Jarrett are current, whereas these are comments he made 10 years ago. I'm sure... I mean, I doubt that he will be rehired for that reason because they made a very bold statement by firing yeah, Roseanne I didn't, I didn't immediately. Uh, you know, the highest rated show in the country. Mm -hmm. um, I just I think mean, it's a false equivalency. I, 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 I feel. It is in the court of public isn't. opinion, it isn't. It is and it isn't. But it I don't it think isn't. it's the same. But I think that as a corporation, they probably thought about that. Oh, yeah. Because I'm sure that if they would have not fired him, if they would the have first not thing fired that they would have heard, him, you would have had a shitload amount of people saying, "Well, why did you fire Roseanne?" And not you know, him. she's a Trump person. You know, she's a conservative now and a Republican. Right. And why didn't you fire this guy? For God's sake, he was making fun of pedophilia. You don't make right. fun of pedophilia, and then people go on their soapbox. Right. And right. then you know what? And then all those people go back it, to the it, south and marry their cousins. This conversation, <laughs> it's encapsulated with this. We live in a world now with social media that there's new rules. There's new rules to this game. You know, whereas before you social media, you just had to comport yourself in a proper way and you know, hold. There wasn't that a it, social media. I mean, social media was the newspaper, and if you messed up, you printed a retraction and you right. No, but but in terms in terms of. <laughs> You know, you being you right, right, and right. your everyday life, whether you're a private well, because there citizen, was no history. Well, whether you were a private person or a public person, you know, if you got out and went drunk, got drunk and said inappropriate things, the only thing to hold you to it were other people's accounts, right. which can be skewed, which they can were be drunk too. Uh, they were drunk right. too. Who knows? <laughs> but now there is a permanent record via right. social media. So these are the rules of the game that we your play school now. Council were right it's all going on the permanent record it's going on the permanent <laughs> record you're getting a referral <laughs> no not a referral i never got a referral neither did i well, we were nerds. it's funny referrals are such a different have such a different meaning within the context of being a student in the context yeah of nowadays i want referrals that's how we make it referrals. work yeah. <laughs> but as a student you don't want a referral so i mean that's a really hard one that's a really hard one and there's and, no easy answer and the there's the no day. easy answer and it's a very slippery slope and it's something for really to, people to think about because yeah we're talking about you know extreme stuff here you know pedophilia Same racism problem. stuff like that and again it's tasteless you can find it absolutely unfunny you right. can think he's a horrible person for saying those things but how many horrible people how many people don't say horrible things doesn't yeah. mean they're a horrible person yeah but the problem is that you know a lot of times when you talk about these sensitive subjects, I always tell people, you have to think of the broader picture. The problem with this is if you start digging up people's past, and yes, again, these are very outrageous statements that you should have zero tolerance or no, I mean, zero tolerance uh, uh, for. But if you start digging up people's past and judging them from what they said a decade or more ago, you know where does that end where where right. where do you stop that yeah. you know yeah. so. so i just prefer people to judge me based on my shirtless pictures on instagram oh, Dios mio. what i got nice boobies oh my god anyways <laughs> how's everybody's drive going 
Well, if they're on the expressway, you know they're stuck in traffic, which means they can listen to us a little more. I mean, uh, please, if you live in <laughs> Miami and you're listening to us, do you know that every day when I take no. the 836 to get on the 826 of Palmetto, the exit changes every week? <laughs> like this Wait, week. like Harry Potter? Like, like this <laughs> week, it was, today, today uh-huh. it was closed. It was completely closed. Oh, I heard about my, that. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. exit on the 836 yeah. to get on the Palmetto, which is the main artery that Just leads didn't into exist my office, today. was closed. Just was closed. Because reasons. Because, because it was closed. Because reasons. So I'm like, oh, where are we going to today? <laughs> Speaking of a comedy, there's another comedian, well... This other guy wasn't so much a comedian, but there's another comedian that is, I don't know if he's in hot water, but definitely people are talking about it, and it's Sasha Baron Cohen again. <laughs> oh, okay. So, listeners, for those of you who don't know who that is, he is, he's Borat and Ali G, mm-hmm. uh, what was the other one? Uh, Bruno. So, he's... Well, you know what? I, I always forget that the very first time I saw him was in Madonna's yeah, video. For music. In music. Yeah. I didn't know who the hell Ali G was. Ali G was. And it's funny because you would think since, you know, both you and I are Anglophiles and we're all a, on British culture, no. we would have known before, but no. nope, it was in Madonna's music yep. video. I love Ali his G. wife. Isla Fisher. Uh-huh. She's so pretty. Anyway, so he's been on the news um, again. <laughs> I, I feel that Sasha Baron Cohen goes away. Yeah. He goes away for like three or four years, right. reinvents himself, and then comes back and kicks everybody in the ass. Yeah. He's like comedic herpes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I was like, yo, Mio. You know? And then it comes back so with like vengeance. You know, it's like, ooh, it's, it's oh. antibiotic resistant now. I'm at the end of baño de aveno. Oh, they're pulling Savila. Oh, sa- oh wow, Savila. Wow. Oh my God, did your family ever go through an aloe period? Yes. Oh my God, so did mine. No, we had aloe in the backyard. So did mine. Yeah. I, uh, no. It's like you gotta burn, put aloe. aloe. You want good digestion, get a piece of aloe, aloe and you put it in a pitcher yep. of water, and then you drink that babosa water. Oh, castle. So disgusting. Oh, no, no, no. It's like, whatever. <laughs> I'd rather be constipated and cranky than drink Bawosa water. Anyway, bueno, back to Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen. So he has a new show on Showtime yes. called um, This is America. No. Who, what, is America? Who, is Who is America? Who is America? And he, I think only about two or three episodes have aired. Most, um, yeah. But But he has gathered a pretty big um list of very relevant yeah, people like from big name dick politicians. cheney dick cheney agreed to sit well what he agreed to sit down under different pretexts but dick cheney roy moore sarah palin bernie sanders i mean he has some all, florida governors or uh, senators too right um I'm not there was sure one who... from one of the first episodes i think that he wanted to get like the um the the, the gun program for elementary school children one of no, the one no, of the no, no, he no, spoke no. to was was from Florida, and the guy told him, "I think it was the only one on the show who was kind of like, are you fucking crazy? This is never going to fly.' The Florida one, I think. Oh, because the one that I saw that was Virginia, but it went. I'll I'll, oh. I'll get to it. So anyway, so he's had a few episodes, and in, in um, a lot of these episodes, he plays different characters. Yeah. He never one, shows up as himself. No, one of the characters that he's currently playing is. Erra Mora, Morad, and he's an Israeli, like, militant, anti-terrorist expert. And he sits down with these people, and he's, you know, he starts interviewing them. And 
he spoke to the guy. And he has done this before. I mean, this was the whole shtick of the Ali G show. Yeah, the the guy that he spoke to, um, his name is Philip Van Cleve, and he's um, he's a. He's from, like, the Virginia Citizen Defense. Uh, like, doesn't that name just sound like somebody who would be against the Von Trapps in Sound <laughs> of Music? He's from the uh, Virginia Citizens Defense League. And, obviously, he's very Second Amendment, very pro-guns. And this guy, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen, again, as Arid Morad, interviews this guy. And this guy goes on the record in this interview saying that he thinks it's proper for four to 12 year olds to have guns <laughs> that if trained properly, it's totally accurate. And again, this is on YouTube for you guys to see. Yeah. yeah it's not, um, yeah. but the interview that everybody's talking about and, and has really, uh, caused like shockwaves has been the one of Jason Spencer. So Jason Spencer was was actually a Georgia House of Representatives. He was in the Georgia House of Representatives. He had been there actually for seven or eight years. Um, he was quite controversial. He had provided he had a I'm sorry um, proposed some legislation to have what's called a burqa ban that you know he thought it was good uh, against. Um, Muslim terrorism because mm-hmm. this burqa ban, you know, you had to show your, you couldn't cover your face in public. So obviously he got a lot of pushback. See, I'm kind of pro the proposing. burqa ban just because not everybody has pretty eyelashes. And when they're focused that tight, like that's all you can accessorize. Like, what yes, are you going to I, I want you to put that in your bill. I will. I, anyway, you can't bejazzle anyway, your eyelashes. So, so, in specifically, this guy, Jason Spencer, goes on this show. He agreed to be on the show. Obviously, he didn't know it was Sasha Baron Cohen. He thought he was <laughs> in, being interviewed by Arad Marad, an anti-terrorist expert of uh, Israel. <laughs> so, he agrees to go on this show. And, you know, to make a long story short, there is one of the parts, um, they're doing this training exercise. And... Sasha Baron Cohen tells him, oh, one of the, you know, ISIS, they're afraid that if they're touched by another man's butt, they're going to become homosexual. That's actually how it happens. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to teach you a defense mechanism where anytime you see somebody who's from ISIS, you drop your pants, bend over, and you <laughs> make sure you touch them with your butt or you threaten them with your butt. And the guy, again, from the Georgia... <laughs> And House of Representatives on camera. on camera takes down his pants and his underwear, showing his bare ass. Eva, Asia, this guy, he's like, America, America, you know, America, take this, America. I don't have to say much more. This is on video on YouTube. Everybody go check, check out Showtime, I'm, their channel. Right now, so, I'm just wondering if his butt was shaved or like... So, <laughs> so the reason why I'm bringing this up is... How camera ready was his ass. Obviously, these people... Oh, he also interviewed Roy Moore. And in Roy... Wait, Roy Moore. Roy, Roy Moore. Moore was a guy who was running in Alabama who had a... Um, who had allegations of pedophilia against him. Oh, yeah. He's and, the one who couldn't one? go to malls. And he won. No, he, he lost. He lost. No, he lost. Didn't somebody else win? Somebody, a Democrat. No, Chico. And that was that was a similar situation. No, that, not no. The sixteen-year-old. No. no, that was Roy Moore. That was Roy Moore. Oh, that okay. Was Roy Moore. Oh, okay, Roy okay, Moore okay. wasn't allowed to go to malls for years because he was on a like a. Aww, a he could never the, see Tiffany. At the, <laughs> um, no, and the thing, the whole thing was that 
a lot of a lot of people continued to support him despite these allegations. Okay, got it. Yes, yes, no, I remember. History. I remember. Right, right. And he, the Democrat, uh, I forgot the Democrat's name, won, which I don't think it had been like decades you, right. since a Democrat had won in Alabama. Anyway, um, he interviews Roy Moore, and again he interviews Roy Moore as um, Erad Morad, the anti-terrorist expert, right, right. and he um, he has one of those um, scanners like they have in TSA, okay. you know, that to see if you have any metal on you. And he's like, this scanner is very important in uh, finding pedophiles. <laughs> so, see, I scan it on me, no beep. I scan it on this other man in the room, no beep. No beep. Let's see. And he scans it on Roy Moore and it's like, beep, 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 beep. So, obviously, eventually Roy Moore walked out of the interview. But the point is why I'm bringing this why up. Why do people agree to these things? Well, that's, that's what I'm bringing up and I'll, I'll throw it to you. Obviously, when all these people agree to be on these interviews, right. they don't know it's a parody or a Wait, mockery. Do, do your they obviously don't know it's Sasha Baron Cohen. But they do go there thinking it's someone else. Right. So a lot of the you know, criticism has been that a lot of people that have appeared on this are more conservative people, mm -hmm. Republican people. So now, you know, that that's side that is right, crying, right, right. you know, oh, Bullying. you're picking on us and so you're, you know, friends. you're, you're showing right, all this right, right, right. and that's not who we are. And you but tricked you, us. You tricked but us. You can say no. But, 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 and this is what I'm throwing to you. Yes, these people don't know it's Sasha Baron Cohen. These people are under the pretense that it's someone else who is Correct. sitting down to talk Correct. to them. But the statements that they make are their statements. and Regardless of who's sitting across from them. Regarding of who's sitting across right. from you. The statements that they made, or the actions that they did, hence this guy taking right. off his pants, were voluntary. Nobody made them do it. And that's how they responded to what they thought was a legitimate interview. Right. So my question is, is that fair? Is Are they picking on them? Are they provoking them or are you showing somebody's true colors even if it's in a different context uh you know versus what they thought who they thought they were sitting okay with? so you and i have a show we interview people on the show mm -hmm. all the time obviously when we seek out our guests we seek people out who fit a certain theme or narrative that we may be trying in our case we tend to focus on things with a hispanic or latino slant right so obviously we're not going to go out now and you know, ask Taylor Swift to be on the show. Although if Taylor Swift more wants than to welcome, be on Pedro, let me tell you. If you want to come on, we're we're open to we it. We have no bad blood. We no, no. And you know, <laughs> it's a love story. But what you know, but we're not gonna go seeking her out because she doesn't fit the narrative of what we're trying to do. Correct? I mean I think mm -hmm. that's fair to yes. say. So there's a degree of validity to that. Obviously, what they're trying to do is they're trying to find a person who when they sit down at an interview is gonna give them a soundbite is going to give right. them that narrative is going to take the bait, right. whoever that may be, right? At the end of the day, certainly took the bait. Now, in this day and age of reality TV, you hear a lot of times people saying like, oh, that wasn't me. I was edited. I was edited. Oh, I was edited. Okay, fair enough. Maybe you were edited, but you still gave them the stuff that they're using to edit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they didn't go out and find somebody who looks identical to you and then go film things. You still bent over, dropped <laughs> right. your pants, showed right. your ass, so, and said, America! So America! Did, <laughs> I mean, did they seek you out because of your views and your stance and your profile? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But you didn't have to do that. Yeah, like, Why that would you guy... further to that? Nobody did research to see who this person is that's interviewing you? Yeah. Because, yo... 
all the time people reach out to us to be like, oh, you know, I'm so-and-so and da 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 And the first thing you and I do is we check out who the hell they are mm-hmm. before yeah. we even, you know, reply sometimes. And we're just a little podcast. And we have no resources. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that you, Mr. You know, political or Ms., you know, former VP or whatever the case may be, nobody can do a background check? Mm-hmm. Nobody has access to Google? I mean, nobody's going to find Erramorad being that he doesn't really exist. That's my point. <laughs> Shit, use Ask Jeeves. I don't care. But just, I mean. Um, but you have you to be held. Know, but ultimately, I, I, ultimately I, you, you said what you said. And if you regret it, you regret it. But... I agree with what you're saying 100%. It's just that, like, for example, in the situation of this guy showing his ass, whether you're being punked by Sasha Baron Cohen or you're sitting down with Barbara Walters. When do you ever think it's appropriate? Especially nowadays. As nowadays. A, as some an, an elected official. When do you ever think it's appropriate to do that? Like, I mean... Outside of an airport yes, bathroom stall. Yes, you are when right. is it ever appropriate right. to pull down your pants as a senatorial person? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> God! <laughs> Meal! <laughs> but especially nowadays gonna get out but you are you are right in the sense that yes they are baiting certain types of people that i i don't think anybody will i mean i certainly wouldn't argue that but at the same time it's like even if you're being baited how on earth do you ever think that you know showing your bare ass and being being recorded because there's a camera crew there right. i mean right. they know it's a camera right. crew. it's not the like purpose is an interview it's not like you know when he did this training, and there were, no. you know, there were cameras, secret cameras, secret cameras, right? And he was at know. a at a at a fundraiser, yes. And it was yes. right. We're not talking about being set up, right, in that context, no, at all, no. He there was a camera crew there with him, you know. And it's like, how do you think that that's appropriate? You're a freaking elected official, even in if the you're go- not in the government. I mean, but even <laughs> I mean, even if you're not, well, I would not. never do that. I certainly no, would never no, do that. No, but. I but again, I mean, yes, I agree. Are they picking on people? Yeah, they're picking on people. But if you're the idiot that says these type of things, and that is how you really feel, and you show your true colors, then you know what? Then that's on you, boo. Oh, that's yeah. not on. Caballero, you know. It's like when you go fishing. If the damn fish gets itself hooked on your fishing rod, mm-hmm. then you know what? You get to eat it later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ain't nobody made him go in for it. <laughs> I just thought about in Que Pasa USA, Melissa Hook, that I forget which episode it is when she's like, by hook or by crook? I you, you know what I'm talking about, right? I think that's one where they're, they're learning to read. <laughs> by hook or oh, by crook? I've never really understood that. It basically, o las buenas, las malas. Well, I know that that's what it means, but I'm never really quite... But you know, I... I um, that's not one of my four takes. Yeah, you don't get a lot of sayings. I just, I'm like, really? Like, why don't you just say what just you tell need me to what say? you want to say. I don't have paciencia for that type of shit. It's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so that's where we are. Bueno, um, I mean, we had two controversial topics, but they were both kind of comedy laced in a way. That's how we do here. Yeah, comedy gone wrong, maybe. Oh, okay, but. Our next interview does is comedy, comedy right? 
done right. She absolutely does it right. And we can't wait for you guys to hear the interview with Elena Maria. I keep wanting to call her Maria Elena. Elena Maria Garcia. <laughs> you can't see it, listeners, but I'm I'm tilting my head as I'm holding my make-believe bouffant. <laughs> Man, whoever gets that reference. I feel more people than we think got that reference. Whoever got, got that reference, please comment. Um, yes. Yeah. Comment. Send us. Send drop us a line. Something. Drop us a review. Um, just let us know. Let you know what? Know. We should re- remind people to subscribe because we always forget. That's true. So consider this your warning. Subscribe. Listen. <laughs> all the things we haven't talked about. Subscribe. Leave a review. Pero let me podcast at gmail.com P is Adora. There we go. Bam. All the things we forgot. Bam. So with that said, <laughs> here's our. Here's our interview with Maria Elena Garcia. No, chico, Elena Maria. No, Elena Maria. No, look at what you did. <laughs> Hi, Elena. It's all love. Uh, here's our interview with Elena Maria Garcia. We hope you guys enjoy. All right. Welcome back, listeners. So we are extremely, extremely, extremely excited about who we're here with today. We're here with three-time Carbonell Award winner and star of the stage production Fuacata, which is spelled exactly how it sounds, mm-hmm. or A Latina's Guide to Surviving the Universe, Miss Elena Maria Garcia. Thank you so much for joining hey. us, let me tell you. Oh my god. <laughs> no, thank you guys. It really is a pleasure. Thank you so much. We're actually we're actually in the art center in the, mm-hmm. the green room of We're in the in the green room. In the green room. Where everybody always wonders, is it green? The carpet the carpet's green. green. So that's close to <laughs> We're gonna go maybe it's just environmentally friendly. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> it recycles. But anyway, we're super thrilled to have you. Yes. I mean, before we get mm-hmm. off. Talk anything about you and what you do. Fuacata. Give us a definition of fuacata. Well, actually, in the show, um, Elena gives a definition of fuacata. Yeah, it's a figurative, backhanded slap that unhinges your jaw (laughs) and wakes you up. How's that? That is great. Yeah. Yeah. I had to explain, you know, what's a fuacata, and they like, and I said, no, it's not really a slap. It's like you have to pull your hand all the way past your shoulder and then let it go. Yeah, more, yeah. Like a soccer kick, a soccer yeah, kick, yeah, like yeah. to the throat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you could do a fuacataso without even really slapping. I mean, my, my father used to do fuacataso with his eyes. Mm-hmm. We would, our, our knees okay. would buckle. And we'd start to cry, and people were like, why are you crying? <laughs> they didn't understand. We just got a fuacatazo without my father even getting near us. Yeah, And it's also universal, because it could only, it doesn't have to be only to a person. So, like, a, an object can yes. be like, it's just like, I That's true. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. great. Why don't tell us about the stage show, Fuacata, a Latina's Guide to Surviving the Universe. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Well, it's been an amazing journey. Uh, Mr. Stuart Meltzer, the artistic director of the Zoetic Stage. He and That's I. A lot of I know, I know, I know. It's. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we. Um, he and I wanted to write a, a piece that really celebrates um, uh, the Latinx uh, community and women. And um, so we started one summer at, a, I think, gosh, has it been that long? 2016, I think it was. And we started writing it, and we got through uh, all these different characters. I mean, Fuacata initially started in a kitchen. The, the, the characters were in a kitchen and we're like, we scrapped that. And then we thought, what is the most important thing to Cubans besides family? Food and coffee. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And that's how we started. And then we, we went moment to moment to moment, all the different characters and all the different uh, women. We have a Mexican character, Puerto Rican, New Yorican. Sorry. Oh, big difference. It's a big distinction. Big difference. Sorry. Uh, let me. <laughs> uh, her name is Lulu. Uh, we have our Honduran, Marisol. She, she's brought in by uh, smugglers. So we've got very, it's, it's, it's a comedy, but it has its moments. It's moments where we kind of come down and then we take off. And it's an hour and a half and 24 characters. No break. Wow. I hope you have water on that I, I have actually Gatorade on both sides, but I have to make sure my, my bladder is empty. Because, <laughs> because at my age, a full bladder is dangerous. So I have to just keep... <laughs> So I just start, and it's it's like it's like a slingshot. I'm out, and and I don't stop. Taka, taka, taka. So obviously, there's going to be a lot of laughter, but a lot of you know, it's going to have its emotional or more personal moments. With what you're explaining, that you know, there there's somebody who's Mexican and Honduran. Uh-huh. Are you portraying these characters to kind of? see the differences and the similarities among the Latin culture, or is it kind of like to see how we all kind of mesh together? Well, each one has their own story and how they're surviving their day. <laughs> but at the, towards the end of the play, Lulu, you know, she's, she's a real badass. Lulu's gone to prison. She's gone to prison because someone call, someone called her a uh, a spick. Mm. So, you know, that's, she had to take care she of it. She wasn't having it. No. No, so she hammer fist the guy. Anyway, um, and if anyone knows what a hammer fist is, that that that's deadly. So, uh, but she says, 
that why don't we all come together and join forces? And that is my personal pet peeve with the Latinx community. We can't get our shit together. And we're always at each other and we're always discriminate. You know, don't get a Mexican mixed up with a Cuban or a Venezuelan with a Colombian, it said that. And so she kind of says, okay, my people, everyone that has just been watching all these characters, etc. that's what we want to do. We all need to come together and fight forces because right now in our country, we have this force that is ripping us apart. And as a Latin community, we need to come together and fight it and that we I went back and uh, rewrote some stuff just to make that clear we don't say anyone's names we don't say any of that stuff but this is this is my platform right now and if I don't use it shame on me so in other words it's very relevant to what's going very on right relevant despite the fact that it started coming together here. Yes, and and And, what's crazy is that, like, for example, the character of Marisol, uh, she's from Honduras, and we're like, wow, this is happening right now. Oh, my God. And and the character Monica, who who is first-generation Mexican-American, what she was, what I wrote, Two years ago, a year ago, all of a sudden, it's so it's happening right now. I'm like, wow! I should really play the lotto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the actual moral of the story. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say nobody saw this coming, but I think nobody really well, realized I, it was going to, to get to the, the magnitude that it's right. taking. Yeah, children in cages. It's, you know, right. Yeah, yeah. What, what? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, I think that's you. Just you can't sum it up anymore. No, no, that. yeah. So tell us a little bit because you're you're very a very interesting character. Tell us a little bit how all this started. Were you a little girl dreaming of the stage of writing? How, what was your start? Being that you're Cuban American, did your parents say Adita? No, in esta casa oh, no hay actrices. Honey, <laughs> I, I wish that's all they said. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I, I, I could om- I could still see it. I was five years old. I'm watching um, our TV in Plainfield, New Jersey, and it had the rabbit ears, and it was Shirley Temple. You're New Jersey Cuban? No, uh, Philadelphia. Oh. My mother, it was a drive-by. She just, oh. boom, that was it. And then we moved to New Jersey. She grabbed the cheesesteak. That's it, Dolly. And so uh, when we, I was watching uh, The Little Princess by, with Shirley Temple. And I remember my mother with her, uh, ¿cómo se llamaba? El extra Lux. ¿Cómo era? The, the, the vacuum Electro, the, Electro Lux. Electro loop, and she's vacuuming, and and I and I made her turn it off, and I said, "Mommy, mommy, mommy, this is what I want to do." And she leaned in. Oh my God, I could still see her. She leaned into the to the TV, and she goes, "Ay, niña, no coma mierda," and then she kept on vacuuming. Well, that stayed with me. I can't stand math or science, so that was out. And um, then in high school, I also brought it up, and then when it was time to you know to apply to colleges I told my parents this is what I want to do I was in all the school plays and everything and my mother goes Helena how can you do this to us? Vas a ser una prostituta 
or a drug addict. I'm like, how, how did that make that turn so fast? Porque tú sabes a gente, En Cuba, esto no se hacía. Ay, por favor. And then they had, I swear on my life, they had intervention. Intervention. People would just show up to the house and pretend to come and visit my parents, but basically was to sit down and talk to me about how can you do this to your family? This has to change. All right. So long story, wow. I go to college. Okay. And then my father comes to see one of my shows and he's sitting and watching it. And he leans over to my mother and he goes, huh, you know, she's good. All right. Damn it. And that was it. Yeah. It was never said again, etc. I continued. I went and got my master's, did the whole shebang. But to me, what was most important was to have a family. But you can't do both. You can't do both. Oh, yeah. You could do three, four million things. So, I mean, I'm not, oh, I want to go to New York or L.A. So, um, I create my own stuff. So I had my own improv troupe and we had our own, my husband and I started Underdog Productions, a little tiny theater, and we started doing as many things as we possibly could to just, just keep art in our lives. And so um, I saw John Leguizamo. Mm -hmm. He's great. John Leguizamo, John Leguizamo, if you're listening, please. <laughs> anyway, I saw him in Freak and I was like, Okay, you know what? Thank you. And it inspired me to write, Do You Speak Mexican? And then I started writing, and I got that baby up, and then that got me to, you know, I was like, hey, you know what? I, I think I can write a little bit. And, and besides doing theater with no money, you become very, very creative. You, what I, what I consider Cubans, We are the MacGyvers of the world, okay? Oh, the transmission doesn't work. Do you have a bobby pin? Okay, bomb, start it. See, it happens. We are the MacGyvers. So, you know, we've, I've been able to do a lot of work and stuff that I, I'm very proud of. And, and um, you know, working with, uh, with my kids at New World and uh, Universal, Universal Acting, we do with, we create with what we have. Right. That's remarkable. And it's, I, I love that you said that because... I feel that, in, especially old school Cuban, like mm -hmm. our parents' generation, any career that was creative was like the no. Yes, yes, it was horrible, and it, and and then when it what's what's ironic is, I'm one of four. I'm the oldest one, and I'm the only one that is doing what she loves. Mm -hmm. And didn't have to change or, or maneuver or do anything. And, uh, you know, I, I consider this as, you know, I'm successful. So I want to ask you, because mm -hmm. you brought it up, um, do you speak Mexican? Oh, and yeah. I had mentioned to you that uh, in our pre-interview process that I had my own little story with that that I would like to share. Oh, please, please. Share my story, I would like for you to Okay, sharing is caring. So I've said, this, I've said this story before on the podcast, so listeners, you're going to hear the story again. I, um, I went to school up in, in the Midwest, in Michigan. And what? What, when I was up in Michigan... Did you get lost? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I purposely... Okay, okay, okay. When I went to law school there, and oh. um, I, being a lawyer sucks, but that's another <laughs> that's another conversation for another day. But anyway, um, I went to law school up there, and 
I I always felt I needed to explain to people what being like what being Cuban was. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm yeah. you know my family's from an island. You know, the biggest island in the Caribbean. Oh, so aside from giving people geography lessons, one day I was in a study room and I was with fellow colleagues, and I I, I was reading a certain case and. The case had a Hispanic name, Maria Rodriguez, let's say. And I said the name in Spanish. And this classmate of mine looks at me. Oh my lord. And he's like, you speak Mexican? And I kind of had like a moment where like the world froze. And I was like, how do I answer this guy without sounding like a total ass? Because I didn't want to be rude. But I, I said, no, I speak English, uh, Spanish, as in Espanol, <laughs> not Mexican. Mexicans speak Spanish as well. And, and, and I remember thinking, like, okay, you know, you're in law school, you have to be remotely somewhat intelligent or whatever. Like, how can you not know? <laughs> so that was my, ex- my real life wow. experience. Like, he asked me, oh, you speak Mexican? <laughs> and I, 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 I remember I couldn't wrap my but, head around But I'll that. tell you, that... It, that's 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 exactly what they till today I hear that and I always say I always say and, and and it puts you in kind of a weird place because you don't want to sound too defensive because at the same time you don't want to offend Mexicans I don't want to be offensive to somebody yeah. who's Mexican and be like I'm not Mexican but at the same time it's like oh my gosh like do you know there's like 20 other countries in the Latin America <laughs> that speak Spanish uh, yeah yeah, no, 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 I mean, I'm... <laughs> She's taking, like, so I, 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 I'm right always now. like, how do I defend and, like, tell people how it is without being offensive? Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> I don't care. I really don't care. At this point, with everything and all the technology that we have, that you could look at someone taking a crap in India by just Googling and zooming in, you could still do that? You mean to tell me that you're still going to ask me if I speak Mexican? So how did your... I'll tell you right now, because I'm telling you, you just started a fire. Okay, when I was... We moved to, to Miami from Jersey, because my father got a he was working at uh, Broward General Hospital and but we were living in Miami with you know typical cubano la abuela vive aquí and then we're two streets down and la tía there's that whole connection so for two years it was beautiful really beautiful Calle Ocho was I mean, I drive by it now. I'm like, oh my god! Yes. But I was—we lived right there on Sixth Street. It was awesome. Well, my father was like, I'm not going to keep doing this, driving back and forth. So we're going to move there. We were pioneers. <laughs> we. You got on the wagon. Oh, you have no idea. Picturing you with a bonnet. Oh my god. <laughs> 20-mile trip from Miami to Fort Lauderdale. My family from Miami never visited us because it was too far away. I used to live in North Miami, and this guy never used to come to visit me. Oh, you're so far. Yes, and now you're like, Nina, I'm going to go to Jupiter. Okay. (laughs) That's like nothing. So... Um, anyway, we're living in plantation. I don't know, could that sound more racist than anything? <laughs> we're living in plantation. Not the plantation. No, but they might as well have put it there because that's exactly how we felt. So, ironically, we're in the... In, in the oh, 
Ironically, is that we're in a cul-de-sac, and we are in the middle of two families. On our right side was the Martins. They literally, within a month, put a for sale sign. There goes the neighborhood. That's it. Yet, on the left side, there were downright, as redneck as they can be, the Dowlings, who ended up being the most amazing neighbors we could have ever have had. Okay, but they had an engine hanger on the side of the house. <laughs> okay, no, wait a minute, this is the best one. They had a camel cigarette dispenser nailed to their living room wall. So when you sat and watched TV, you could just lean on over and take another, another pack of unfiltered camel. I thought it was branded. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my parents put us in, in several schools. One of them I got beat up because I was, hey, spick. It was horrible, and the bus, tetanus shot, the whole shebang. Then later on, they put us in a Catholic school. Maybe Jesus might protect you. <laughs> huh? No, that didn't happen. I'm Elena, my brother is Francisco, my sister is Teresa, oh. and my younger brother is Car oh, Carlos. You're, you're not making it out. No. Okay, no, no, but this is what happens. I stick to Elena. My brother goes, you can call me Frank. All right. Teresa goes to Teresa, and Carlos goes to Carlos goes to Carlos. Okay, so they're fine, and they're all blonde, all blonde. Oh, so you're the only one with dark hair. Yeah, La Trigueña. That's it. So I pronounce my name, and I say, "Hi, my name is Elena Garcia." Everybody, what is this? It was stop, and it was turned, swivel by. You Mexican? I'm like. No, you speak Mexican. I'm like, I, no, nobody speaks Mexican. No, you speak, Me no, I speak Spanish. Oh, but you're from Mexico. No, I'm from Cuba. Oh, you're Cuban? Yeah. Is that Mexico? <laughs> no, Cuba, it doesn't matter because you're still a spick. And all through seventh grade, you're a spick, go back on your banana boat, go back to where you came from, and this is a Catholic school. And I'm like, oh. This was at the Catholic school. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So you were paying for this. Yes, I was paying for this. But this was the great thing. And this is all part of, of, my, of the show, Do You Speak Mexican? At one point, I was just like, wow, the teacher's sitting right there. She sees everything that's doing. They would put like, uh, the, it, the bullying was really horrific. But again, you, the only way to diffuse it is to be, is to throw, throw a wrench in. And I threw a wrench in. I did it the Cuban way. I went and got all these massive bull ants and I put them in a Tupperware container. And I waited till everybody went out to recess. And I made it the excuse that I had to go back in. I opened up the ants and they had like, the girls had these boxes where they would keep all their uh, like stuff. Like the little pencil boxes? No, no, no. They would be like their gym clothes and everything. Yeah, whatever. Back then there was nothing, nothing's like we have today. And so I opened it and I put all the ants in there. Ooh. And I opened Karen's teeth. I know. And I opened, no, it's MacGyver. And then I put, <laughs> and I took her brush. And all the dead ones. So I'm like, I'm waiting. Because I knew the shit was going to hit. And then they came in, and oh my God, when they saw this, and I remember her turning around to me and going, You did it. And I'm like, So the teacher calls me up. She goes, You know, this is, um, we don't do this.
is. This is not how we behave. And I don't know because brought up, you never spoke to an adult. You just was this a teacher or a teacher, teacher, teacher. But it didn't matter. She, you know, if they're older, you just did it. You take it in. Mucho menos. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. And I said, Are you just as prejudiced as they are? Because you've done nothing, boy. Right after that, that woman, those kids wouldn't even look at me sideways. They were like this. I don't know if it's something that she said, or they were like, "Listen, this chick is fucking crazy." <laughs> she used ants that God only knows what she's going to use. But that was it. Yeah, and then I went to to Madonna. Now it's Shamanan Madonna here, but those were the sisters of Notre Dame, and they kick ass. They were like, "Man, you got to make your own revolution." And and uh, yeah, I I would never do. I would not change anything in the world i loved my high school loved it. and we were all girls too so there was a lot of estrogen in there well actually because you gave us that story and you <laughs> talked about your struggles do you feel that in many ways we're kind of back there and in, in, in some ways i was just going to ask her if she ever thought of becoming an ant herder you hear so many stories like uh, uh you uh, a couple of weeks ago there was that um video that went viral of this woman in a park yes. who was wearing a Puerto yes. Rican shirt uh-huh. and some drunk guy kept telling her uh, Are you, you're not a citizen, go back to your country and, and you know, know what the craziest thing is I'm watching this on Facebook and I'm like oh, that's exactly what happens to Lulu <laughs> And I'm like, in Fuacata, opening uh, up. Uh, <laughs> Are you just doing some really good guerrilla marketing? I'm not, no, I'm like, what the? Wow, that's a, give me some numbers. <laughs> um, uh, I think, I think what's happened, the, this fever, this thumbs up that it is okay. Um, it's just open. Pandora's box and when you're in a bubble and you when you're in a bubble and you're so you don't experience things different and are don't go into things full of fear because I think that's what it is that fear that fear um it just ignites and what do you if you don't understand something then get rid of it get put it down uh and I've seen that so much every time I go out with my daughters I always say, we've got enough money for bail. Because my, <laughs> my oldest one is getting her master's in uh, international fair and human rights. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, she wants to do, uh, she, her thing is FBI and, and uh, child trafficking. And, uh, but she has a mouth like this. And, she, and, and, you know, like my husband and I, we're very proud that our girls will open their mouths. And I said, I will bail you out for something like that. Other things I might not bail you out for, but that I will. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And, and you know, we have daughters? So. Yes, two daughters. One is uh, Ana. Ana Isabela and Emma Francesca. And, I, and, I mean, you went to an opera school, you have daughters. Uh-huh. Obviously, this play is about a Latina's guy. Mm-hmm. What, you also started a all-female improv Yes! What led to that? Like, how did you just decide, you kind of looked around and you're like, there isn't one and I'm going to do it? We were part like a type of, I'm going to use this in the most respectful way possible, the type of chick who's just like, I can do that, why the fuck not? You know what, and I appreciate that, and I'll take that, I'll put it in my, in my back pocket. I'm the kind of person who you say to me, 
you can't do that. I go, watch me. I'll, I'll die trying, but I will. So we were part of a troupe. It was three, three of us, three uh, improvists, and the troop, the group of the troop dismantled. And then I, I had my first, my first daughter, Anna, and uh, Kim came up to me and said, "Hey, what do you think about starting a troupe?" And I said, "Yeah, but I got a baby." And she says, "Well." What if, and then I don't honestly know how it happened, but we all went, we don't need guys. We could do this. And we were honestly the first female troop on the East Coast. What? Yes. Yes. And my, old, my oldest one, I would hold her. We you would use her as a prop. And we would, she was always part of things. She was always in it. And, um, she and, just kind of go like, yes, ma'am. Yeah, she loved it. She was like, hey. Um, and then after that, I created, I was the founder of the first and only short form Spanish speaking improv to Quien Sigue a Quien. But our people don't understand improv <laughs> because they keep yelling shit out and you're like, you already gave me location. We're done. No, we got it. We got it. Pero no, yo tengo otro mejor. No, we're done. Yeah, so I was like, oh my God. And uh, that lasted for a little while, and then um, and then I also had a troop called Six uh, Separate Checks, and that lasted a while as well. But yeah, I, I like that. I like when there's nothing, and they go, "This is what you have. Yeah. Go." Do you find that that's a challenge in comedy, since comedy is so it's it's not only a subjective, but like in terms of the um, generational lines. That maybe like our parents' generation don't mm-hmm. necessarily find funny because I know that my my father does not find funny like for example a lot of uh, these YouTube or Instagram stars that kind of mock like Cubanisms yeah. he finds it insulting and it's hilarious <laughs> but he, he he doesn't see the 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 comedic the love behind it, the love behind it. That yeah. it's, it's a parody kind of with love do you find that that's a struggle with improv in, in terms of generational. I when I when I do improv I'm just I'm focusing more on the truth of what uh, of the situation and how the character deals with the situation and if it shows up it shows up because when we push to be funny we're annoying mm. and that's that that's yeah so you know with with this with Fuagata we tr- uh, uh, and and even with do you speak mexican it's it's just the character's journey and and I just hope that at the beginning the audience goes okay I'm on Take me, and then they just go with it. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I'm 38, and I literally now just really understood because you said trying to push the comedy when people say que es un pujo. Oh yeah. <laughs> literally, acabo de caer de la mata, and I just realized where that comes from. Yeah. You falling from the street. Thank you. You're welcome. I just found out what tag meant. Touch and go. I was like, what? Right. My daughter goes, Mommy. I'm like, oh my lord, I need to take a nap. <laughs> that reminded me of the time I had the epiphany at Home Depot with Chirro. Oh, you know what Chirro is? Yeah, sheetrock. Right. I had always heard, oh, by, you know, in construction, I could put un panel de Chirro. I thought it was C-H-I-R. It's, <laughs> it's Spanish. Chirro. <laughs> what do you put on a wall when you're building a house? Chirro. <laughs> C-H-I-R. Chirro in Spanish until the day I was at Home Depot and you know the, the strips yeah. on the side of the of the yeah, panel yeah. and I'm like sheet rock it says 
cheat rock. And, you, and then you go back in your mind, how many people did I say cheat rock to? She rock, she rock. Oh my gosh. In Home Depot, it's like, boom, mind blown. Like the lights came from up above and all oh, music. My mother, for the longest time, I actually thought that Kentucky Fried Chicken was beaky cheeky. <laughs> You mean biscuit? My mother has been in this country over 50 years, still says biscuit. Biscuit. It's But not going to change. It was, oh, mirame the, the sale of Black Friday in Secret City. No, yeah. It's all about food, man. It's all about food. Today, I um, and and it's incorporated in the show. Uh, people ask me how much of it is. Have you? I'm like, didn't have to reach much when it comes to my the character of my mom. My mom is in in Do You Speak Mexican all through it. It's really almost like a homage to her, and and to my father. And uh, but here, this uh, Elena's uh, mom uh, finishes dinner at 10:30 in the morning. Hold up. This morning, I get up and I'm doing whatever, and I'm coming finally get get to get in the kitchen, and my mother's waiting for me. She goes, "Oye, me la comida ya está." Pero mami, it's 10:30 in the morning. I no lo sé, lo sé, no sé, pero por si acaso, come ahora. Si no te da tiempo, I'm like I'm not a hamster that I store it in my cheeks. I might store it in my ass, but in my cheeks, and wait for later, 10:30 in the morning. And the thing is, this is the kicker. She leaves it out. So she leaves it out. And I'm like, Mommy, you have to put it in the, re in the refrigerator. And she goes, Chica, that didn't have puesto. Uh huh. I love that you said that because I've said this story to you before. Like, when I lived at my parents' house, you know, the weekends when you would sleep in, you know, like at 9 a.m., you would see a smell sofrito. So sensitive. Oh my god, it's so frito. Oh, it smells so frito. And you're so frito, and your senses are going, wait a minute, coffee's first. What the hell? You can't cut in front. You can't cut in front. Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Yeah, every single day. Am I her from laughing. My mother lives with us, and my husband is as white as bread. And he, uh, he, pobrecito, he just has to get used to it. And he'll come out and she goes, she, she finished making the salmon. At <laughs> what, what time do you guys have dinner? More clearly at 10.30 in the morning. <laughs> Because something I, I always like, like to tease about is that we eat really late. Cubans eat really oh, no, late. Oh, no, 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 not my mother. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No quiero nadie en la cocina. My kitchen is like a Mission Impossible. <laughs> that you could be, you could sneak in because you want to get something. And she is... Very hard of hearing, but she knows when you're in the kitchen. She goes, ¿Quién está ahí? And I'm like, damn it. No voy a tomar agua. No vas a terminar el salmón. Terminalo, chica. Mommy, I've already ate. Ay, bueno. 
Bueno, lo voto. Do you guys have... There's no, there's no between. No. Did you grow up having black beans and rice in every meal? Uh, yes. And that's why I... I'm sorry for all of your listeners. I can't stand Cuban food. Oh my God! Can your spirit? Cuban food. I can't. I can't, and I don't understand this about our people. You eat it 24 fucking hours, and yet you go to a restaurant and <laughs> then you go to go eat Cuban food. What is the? I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't. No, be steak, and you will not get me. I will go hungry. I will go hungry. I will not eat it. Black beans and rice is the only thing that I'll go, or or really good yuca. That's it. Because yuca's hard to. It's really so good. Growing, growing up, I, I would see like the fried chicken they made at home, and I'm like, this doesn't look like the fried chicken from Kiki Kiki. <laughs> Your mom would call it. This doesn't look like the chicken that you see on TV. Or like when, you know, they would make French fries. I'm like, this doesn't look and then it was r black beans and rice every night. When I was 14, uh -huh. 14, I put my foot down. I said, today is the day. day I am free. I will be emancipated. Black beans and rice and Cuban food, that is it. And yeah, I, 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 I no. there's, there's certain, some things I like. I like like a Cuban sandwich or medianoche. You, I like, will, you will step over an orphan for a pinna chicharrones. I, I like chicharrones. But like, you know what I think is kind of gross? <laughs> Because Cubans put a lot of that Hunt's tomato paste and everything, or like. Oh. I said, what was it? Croquetas. I said to, today, I said, I you cannot get me to eat croquetas. Oh, I love croquetas. No, because I said, have you ever seen what really they're made out of? Yeah, it's just like no. No, 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 no. I don't know what it is. Our, well, I, I guess croquetas is our equivalent to the hot dog. You know what's really in it. Spaghetti at 10:30 in the morning. I'll eat spaghetti. And drains the water and leaves it there. So it is a sculpture. <laughs> By the time you have to cut it, and so it's more like I don't know, like like pie pasta. Because that's what it ends up being. I'm like, mommy, the pasta you make it al minuto. Lo hace, you drain it, y ya. The no. No, no. Flies off. Yo no tengo tiempo para eso, chica. I'm like, well, what the hell else are you doing? I don't get it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I I love my mother dearly, and 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 food is the center of her universe. It has always been, and I think for all of all uh, 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 Latin moms, pero <laughs> not mine. She still can't wrap her head around it. Y tú vas a comer una ensalada nada más. Ay, por favor. I, I said this is not a Cuban salad, which is aguacate y tomate. Punto final y ya. Yeah. Yeah. Y sal, ¿qué sabe? Sí, yeah. Okay, all these like all these variety of salad. Yeah, we only have beef one. That was that's it. That's that's it. That's that's always, that's that's always like like blown my mind. It's a tomate y la cebolla has you. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a I know what it is. That's not salad, mother. Salad are other vegetables that go in. A crouton is very. Full. No, 
No. Uh, because have you ever seen un pan cubano that's been left out? Yes. And the pan cubano, how much, how much nutrients is really in that? I think we're talking, what we're talking about here may be your next play. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> Just food. Just Cuban food and, you know, the... They could keep on going, trust me. <laughs> But well, I want to just kind of, I mean, I could sit here, we could talk to you for hours, honestly, at the end of the day, but, you know, I know you're a very busy woman. You've got a lot of things going Yeah, on. i got to go over my script again. Woo! So, just want to say thank you again. Well, thank you, guys. Us. This is awesome. Yeah. You guys, for those of you who are in South Florida, because we are in Miami, but she's in Broward, so you know what? Y'all can make the trip. Yeah! Okay. It's at the Adrian Arch Center, running from August 1st through the 19th, so you're actually hearing this on the 3rd, which means tienen bastante tiempo. I know we like to procrastinate until the last minute, but you guys got time. Don't dawdle. You can come see Fuacata, or a Latina's Guide to Surviving the Universe, with the just phenomenally hilarious. I mean, she was Thank just you. funny during our interview. I can't imagine when she's got time to like script it out. And just know that last time when we did it uh, the first week, uh, we had very nice audiences. By the time we hit a week two and three, they, it was sold out. All right. Oh. So, yeah. Actually, and I mean, ooh, I'm going to put this on, on the record. I think they can use promo code yes. 305. Promo so code 305. You, guys, you can use promo code 305 if you go to to buy your tickets and it will get you a $35 ticket. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. You get all of the entertainment you've been listening to. And, and we'll put a link. Um, we'll put a yeah, link on our Instagram. Yay! Awesome! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, thank you again, Elena. Thank you, guys. I Maria Elena, I think of the soap opera. <laughs> I, that's no. what we're going to do next. We're going to have to do a photo shoot with a giant columna at the Biltmore. Oh, like Lucia. <laughs> like Lucia yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It's great to have you on. And I, I love your perspective and your, your culture. Thank you. And just your humor on, on our culture. So thank yeah, you. Yeah. We're, we're funny people. We, we kind of are, yeah. yeah the, the, all of us in, in, that wa in those waters. Dominicano, Puerto Rican, and Cubano. Right there. Yeah. Nobody wants to hang out with us, but damn, we're funny. Yeah. <laughs> We, I, I, it's, I'm glad you said that. I always say that here on the show that Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, and Cubans were different but the same. Yes, yes, um, we're in the same waters, baby. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, I, it's like the same tree. Yeah, branches. we're the goofballs that walk in like, what? You want a party? Yeah. Not it. That's us. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, welcome back, listeners. Thank you so much. Oh my god, like, I, I think I say it in the interview, but my cheeks hurt afterwards from laughing so much. Yes, like was, it was. She was good fun. I uh, I, I can't freaking, wait to see the show. I freaking loved her, <laughs> especially that whole part. Uh, do you speak Mexican? Because you know, a lot of times you go through something or you go through an experience and you think, oh, only Just I've me. only yeah, me. No, no, no. So when she gente, said yeah. that, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> it's universal. <laughs> so is it that time? It is that time. It's time to get a little refreshment. So do you want to go first or, or should I? No, you go first. All right. So my first, uh, well, my first, no, my soda is I'm giving it to some to something that we both love mm -hmm. for great reasons and for a kind of subversive reason. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So our betters hot dogs. Oh, is getting my last soda in the desert. For those of you who are not from the South Florida area, specifically Wachete and Kendall, uh, our betters has been around for about fifty plus over fifty years. Fifty over fifty years. Uh, it's on Bird Road, Southwest Fortieth Street, and I never remember the cross street by eighty seventh, close to eighty seventh Avenue. They 
All they sell is hot dogs. Hot dogs, chili dogs. They sell, oh my God, the tater tots, the cheese tots are insanely mm-hmm. good. But when I say they are pillars of the community, they really are. They, they are. give back. They help the community. They sponsor the schools. When we were in high school, they would always buy advertising in the newspaper sure as did. well as the yearbook. They sponsor the athletic teams. So, I mm-hmm. mean, they really do give back a lot. It's family run, family owned. They've been there forever. Burger Beast approved. If Burger <laughs> Beast has say that. his own uh, yeah, spot. His, his own, own spot there. Own so seat. they are, I mean, they are part of the fiber of the, of the Westchester, you know, Southwest area community. I am not exaggerating when I say that. Um, with that said. Why do I feel there's a butt coming? With that said, about a block or two away, uh-huh. they're about to open a Nathan's hot dog. Ay, Dios mio. Nathan's from Coney Island? Yes. So I don't have a problem with Nathan's in general. No. But I'm going to go ahead and give Nathan's a big old fuck you, Nathan's. How dare you? And what bothers me the most about it is that, again, Arbetters has been there for 50 plus years. Mm-hmm. Why now? Why are you showing up now? You know, I never want anybody biz- anybody's business to fail, but I want this to fail. Yeah. Because you know what? Fuck you for coming in and trying to usurp because you're coming in with your corporate money that you have the backing and trying to take the place of a beloved local icon. I mean, it is a mom and pop establishment. I don't think it is fantastic. And where, where, I will do, where is it I don't know. Ah, I'm horrible with addresses. It's it's on Bird. If you're going west, maybe like two three blocks after. Is it where they're doing that new construction? I think so. Yeah, that's like three four blocks away. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't think they're gonna. I hope be they, successful. I, I hope. I not. certainly don't think they're gonna get business from. Um, our betters because the thing with our betters is that you look you could get a hot dog anywhere you could get a hot yeah. dog um, at you home. could go make a hot dog at home there's not much yeah. to making a hot dog right, right, right. but our betters is an institution and everybody Absolutely. that's from South Florida especially from the Kendall Westchester area mm-hmm. you know that's the holy of holies it's it's an icon Absolutely. it really is an icon and you know for the record um, Dave from our yeah. betters and you know the, the whole our betters crew they've been extremely supportive of us fantastically we've so. met them yeah. on several occasions and they're just mm-hmm. awesome and um, you know when you go in there you're stepping into something that you know is old you know that's important you know that it's relevant that has and that is unique so I think that people I think that people that go to our betters, yeah, they're going because they want a good hot dog, but they're going because they understand the significance of our betters. The tradition, the, the history. tradition. Because that's yeah. certainly when I go to our betters, that's what yeah. I go for. Yes, the hot dogs are great, the chili dogs are great, the fries are great with the seasoned salt, oh, yum. But but I go for the bigger picture that right. it's it's an institution. It's been there over fifty years. It's iconic. Right. So I mean. Yeah, Good Nathan's luck, is a name brand, and it's very iconic in Coney Island. But you know what? That's in Coney Island. That's not my. I don't know. It just so. it just pisses me off. So our betters, you get our. Well, we got we. You got my last soda, and on top of that, we got we got your back. Yes, let's give Nathan's the diet tab. Ugh. Do they still make diet tab? I think they or tab in general. I think they do. You know what? Not even. Screw that. They're not even getting tabbed. They're going to get Sanko. No. Oh, no. Let's give them a Crystal Pepsi because it doesn't exist anymore. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> They're going to go the route of Crystal They're Pepsi. Crystal Pepsi, damn it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a, that's a good last Coke. Yes. That's a good last Coke. Well, my last Coke. Maybe of, we should go there this weekend. <laughs> we should. We should. We should. Our last Coke of the, well, my last Coke of the <laughs> desert goes to Demi Lovato. Oh, well deserved. So, as you guys probably know, she, um, she had a um, relapse Relapse last week, and they're not sure what drug it, 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 it was for. Um, they have ruled out and it doesn't that really it's... matter at the end of the day. 
No, it doesn't. But they, you know, you know how the media is, and now social media. You know, they're saying that she had a heroin um, overdose, and it's been ruled out that it was not a heroin overdose. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think what's very significant about her is that yes, there are millions of people who've had substance abuse problems Mm -hmm. and have had addiction issues. But what's very interesting about her and why, at least for me. I've really uh, respect her is that she's been very, very honest, brutally honest about her trajectory and about her addictions and her problems and her issues. And, you know, she's a celebrity. She could have chosen not to be open about it. She could have chosen to. Well, and not just because she's a celebrity, but that's a situation that is a personal problem. It is. And, And you don't. It is, to, but she could have definitely because she is a celebrity and she's been a Disney star. And it would be easier for her. To it, hide you know, it, she could have right. She could have just gone to whatever recovery center right. and not talked about it. And if they brought it up, just deny it or or be very mum about it. But she's been extremely honest about it. And her documentary, which came out last year, it's called Simply Complicated. I mean, I really urge people to see that. In the first part of the of the of the documentary. She talks about it with no detail spared. And, you know, I think what's important to remember is that uh, people that have this type of addiction, that's an illness. The same way that, um, you know, diabetes is an illness, heart disease is an illness. It's something that you have to work on. And being so much like those illnesses, it is triggered. Exactly. She was sober for six years. And, you know, having a relapse is not, you know, it's, it's a bump on the road. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I really like her. I, I, I've talked about her before on this podcast. She's one of these people that she's a lot m- m- deeper than sometimes her image. You know, she's a pop star. She's young. Well, then what she, people perceive. She's her really image pretty. To be. Um, you know, so people may kind of, you know, kind just of think she's cool for the think, summer. <laughs> kind of think that you know she's like a Disney person right. who kind of. You know, made it big and whatever. Right or off. You know, but she has, I've said this before on the show, she has like these some like really introspective personal songs on her records that, you know, never see the light of day because they're not commercially released. They're album cuts or B-sides. But as we always say, those tend to be the better ones. Those tend, those always are the better ones. <laughs> those are always the better ones. Like, I judge people who say their favorite songs are the singles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my favorite song is uh, Sorry Not Sorry. It, well, it's not a bad song, but, um, but I mean, she's very... It kind of... When I got into her music, it kind of, like, surprised me. Because, right. again, I was going with the, you know, she's a Disney star. And based on the singles. Yeah. she. I mean, she has a song called Father that's just... It will crush you to pieces. So, anyway... Again, my last Coke is to her, and I really wish her well. Um, I wish her all the best. Uh, And as much as I like seeing her perform and I enjoy her, you know, come back when you're ready. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's about her health. It is about her health. So come back when you're ready. We'll be here. And we, as a podcast, will be here. Yes. Listen, she has Hispanic heritage. She is. So, Demi, if Taylor's busy. And you want to come on instead, mm-hmm. by all means, feel free. I would so rather have Demi Lovato than Taylor Swift. Hey, how, you know what would be funny? You know, you're always saying that Taylor Swift is very... Like, Ugh, she's a definition of boring white person. If, you know what would be funny if you meet her and she's like a total riot? You know that's probably what would happen to me, right? Like, you know all the yeah. shit that I talk about her? And I would meet her and I would probably be like, Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say a Taylor Swift joke. This is not my joke. 
and this is not representative of me <laughs> or Pero Let Me Tell You as a podcast. You, is this a joke I made and you're just no? Repeating when it? I went okay. to Mall of America last year in Minneapolis, oh. I went to a cupcake shop, and it was like this award-winning cupcake shop. I think they had one cupcake award wars, and the girl who was um, who was helping me out, who was white, a, they had celebrity named cupcakes, right. and one of them was called the Taylor Swift, and I'm like, oh. Tell me about the Taylor Swift cupcake, right, right? right? And she's like, well, it's just a vanilla cupcake with vanilla frosting and vanilla sprinkles. I mean, I would have named it cardboard, but they didn't let me because, I mean, it has like, you know, it's like, it's like she's cardboard. And I was like, uh, not what I was looking for. I just wanted to know what was the cupcake. But it's so funny because she totally vented on Taylor Swift with me. And I'm like, okay, moving on to the next cupcake. <laughs> so... You know what, though? That's still better than if you bought two cupcakes called the Brigitte Nielsen and the Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav! What is it, Pucci? Fufi Fufi. I mean, congratulations to Bridget Nielsen. She She gave birth. Oh, she gave birth? She gave birth, and she's, what, like 54, 56? I guess. You know what I found out the other day? Okay. That her and RuPaul have an entire album together years and and years ago. You didn't know this? And they toured there's what? footage of them she was going by a different name Brigitte but, Nielsen but was this like in the 90s yes it was like late 90s early 2000s I have to look it up more but I found it out because um, RuPaul was talking about it on, on his and Michelle Visage's podcast wow <laughs> how 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 I lived this long without knowing about that yeah how yeah no uh, how, how we didn't know that I'm not sure how but anyway well <laughs> We've reached the end of episode yes, 26, um, Big yes. So, thank you guys for joining us. And, and as always, grab your croqueta, your pastelito, and your jupina. And we hope that you listened, laughed, and learned. And thank you so much for yep. joining us in episode 26. Yep. Hope you enjoyed this fuagatazo. Fuagatazo. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. No speak Spanish, my love. No speak Spanish, my love. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 